Welcome to Light Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today for your weekly recap by Eric. Oh, hello. How's it going? Good. Uh, pretty pretty good. It's The, the weather is just miserable today. Is it's it? Terrible. But it's like kind of warm, right? It's warm. It's rainy. Cool. It's muggy. Love it. Uh, you know, there's just always the threat of rain. Uh, it's great. It's gray, but it's warm. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, that reminded me, as we all know, Game of Thrones is coming back Ooh, soon. I'm yeah. super pumped. Mm-hmm. Did you ever keep watching it beyond what I made you watch? Uh, I've watched. Did we finish season one? Yes. That is what I've watched. Okay. <laughs> so. So no, I've not. Do watched you extra. remember the houses in Game of Thrones? Sort of. Okay. Not really. Because I was going to ask you. I had someone ask me today, "What house would you be?" And I said, "House Stark." And they were like, wow, really? Bad stuff constantly happens to them. And I said, I know what I said. Uh huh. Yeah. I identify with the stars. I don't, yeah, I don't for really. For that reason. The, the houses are just like the, uh, just like families, right? Right. Okay. So there's yeah. Okay. Right. The yeah. Lannisters. Uh-huh. I remember if, the Lannisters. If you like to fuck your sibling. Sure. Sure. But you always keep your promises. Mm-hmm. You're a Lannister. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't want to make you play a game that. You won't enjoy because uh-huh. you don't watch the show, right? I mean, I I enjoy the show. Uh, I don't have HBO Go, so it's been you know hard to keep up with that. I I sort of remember a decent amount. I like uh, I like. Uh, Do you like dragons? I enjoy dragons. Okay, sure, so sure. a Targaryen maybe, but Could, also yeah, probably. But also, do you like to fuck your siblings? If you like to sure. fuck your siblings, you're mm-hmm. gonna want to be a Lannister, right, right, right. or a Targaryen. Yeah. I think, you know, based on my very limited understanding of the show, just from watching the first season, seems like uh seems like Peter Dinklage had it right. So Lannister. Yeah. He had it he seemed ooh, like he had a ooh, good life. Ooh, here's the thing though, there's some theories and again, if you're not into theories, if you consider theories themselves to be spoilers, maybe <laughs> skip ahead also, a few minutes. Get a life. Get a life, you <laughs> fucking nerd. Uh, there's theories that uh, Tyrion is not a Lannister, that he's a Targaryen. Ooh. Yes. Ooh, so, fun. Uh, maybe a House Tully. Yeah. I feel like, or okay. Bra- no, not a Baratheon. You don't want to be Tyrell. Listen, sure. it's all bad. Everybody's gonna <laughs> die. I, that's the point I'm of the show, right? Of Everyone's bad. Everybody's gonna die. That's the pool that I've entered, where mm-hmm. I'm just like, uh, I have my money on everyone dying. What if the throne was the friends we made along the way? That's ki- you're not that far <laughs> off. You are not that far off from the actual message of Game of Thrones. Right, yeah. I think the message I'm what I'm hoping the message of the finale will be is that no one should sit on the fucking Iron Throne mm-hmm. because why have we been bitching about mad kings right. for eight seasons mm-hmm. if we weren't going to abolish this whole archaic <laughs> system anyway? Oh, maybe that's I bet the ending of Game of Thrones is the founding of the United States. Oh, that's how it's gonna end. Uh-huh. There's gonna be a big time jump uh-huh. slash world jump. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, since we're in the pop culture section, mm-hmm. I wanted to get your recce rex from you. I have so many. Ooh, okay. I guess. Yeah, I'll start with. I forgot to talk about how amazing Old Town Road is. Yeah, it's great. Okay, so we never talked about it on the show. Do you like the version with Billy Ray Cyrus? I do. I do, too. I think it's great. But some people were like, mm, it's not good. So if you missed the entire backstory of what happened, uh, it was Lil Nas, right? Little, little Nas X. Okay. So he is a predominantly like SoundCloud yeah, slash... Yeah, like a SoundCloud rapper. Artist, uh, and he put out this very catchy track called Old Town Road, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of controversy surrounding it because the country music charts were like, we're not going to rank you because this isn't actually a country song. Yeah, right. So people got very heated about it because it was clearly racist. <laughs> I mean, all he's saying in the song are like classic country tropes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is... They're used in most country songs. Mm -hmm. So it was just clearly biased towards the fact that this was a young black man trying to get on the charts. So Billy Ray Cyrus found out about it, was pretty pissed about it. Because I guess back in the day, he had some controversy. He was one of the first really like, uh, you know, because he, I've already, I don't think, I don't know if a lot of young people know, like he had a very famous song in the 90s called Achy Breaky Heart. Yes. Uh, which 
to my to my limited understanding because I was a kid at the time, but it seems like it was one of the very first big like pop country hits. Yeah, like country used to be a bunch of purists who were like, even if you try to cross over in a pop, you're not a country artist. Exactly, yeah. So he was the first one that had like a, maybe not the first, but one of the, like one of the first really big crossover, like pop country, you know, national charts artist and everybody hated him for it. Yeah, and what I love about that is like he never forgot how he was disrespected. Right. So when he saw what little Nas was going through, he was like, that's bullshit. I know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They're being gatekeepers. Yeah. I'll go on the track with you because now he's considered like a staple of country music. Right. Yeah. Everybody lo- I mean, it's, you know, that revisionist history. It's right. like, they we talk shit about Billy it. Yeah, 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 <laughs> no, exactly. you didn't. So he, uh, and also nine inch nails is on that track too. He sampled Nine Inch Nails. Oh, did for he? For the beat. Yes. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought they were in studio with them. No, no, no. That, in fact, the song, I believe he just made by himself. It was part of a, like a TikTok mm-hmm. challenge or something. Yeah, uh, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. It was yes. part of some sort of TikTok challenge, and it like blew up. Uh, and it got really popular, and then he put it out on YouTube. So, right. yeah, as far as I know, he just he sampled a Nine Inch Nails for the beat and then made the song himself. So the final result I love and the country music charts are still being a bunch of fucking difficult people about it. It's it's really funny to me that like country music has gatekeepers now. It made more sense in the 90s when it was like coming out of the era of like Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson, like all these like really hard, like legit, like like old country people making Mm -hmm. country music and then like. It at least made a little sense that they would be hesitant for like Billy Ray Cyrus and stuff to get popular mm-hmm. or Garth Brooks or whatever. But now it's like the major country stars are all awful like pop artists. Like the, yeah. there's nothing I don't know what they're gatekeeping. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like they, you know, so like it's What's it, her name? Uh Musgrave? What's her name? Yeah, yeah, Casey Musgraves yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. It's like you're just it's very vaguely country music now but right. they're still like holding on to it for some reason and being weird about it well that's why i'm like it's just racism yeah exactly like i don't think they would have put up this fuss if well they did there used to be a uh you may remember this there used to be a black country artist by the name of cowboy troy i do not remember who this. rapped over country songs oh boy in the uh, in you know wore like the the flannel shirt tucked into his jeans and a cowboy hat mm-hmm. and did very bad rap over Oof. country over like brooks and dunn country Yikes. songs uh, and he was very popular. <laughs> uh, um, and now what I love about the update to the uh, Billy Ray Cyrus Lil Nas collab is, did you see Will Smith tweet Lil no. Nas and was like, let's make the music video? Oh, what? I mean, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bit- bigger. And I'm hoping he'll perform at the Grammys. That's and so cool. And yeah. everybody will, all the like country gatekeepers will mm-hmm. have to sit there mm-hmm. and watch this guy yeah. perform in, mili- in front of millions of people. Yeah, I mean, gatekeeping is just stupid in the age of the internet. It's like the more you tell people not, this thing is not valid and they shouldn't listen to it, the more people want it. Yeah, it d- like it'd be, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's silly to think like, oh, we're going to get him kicked off the charts so then he won't be relevant. It's like they who made cares? him more relevant. Yeah, and also Probably, who bases what they listen to on what's on the charts? Yeah, I mean, nobody. Yeah. And also like, you know, I think this, I mean, the song was already blowing up like on YouTube and TikTok. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it probably wouldn't have been as big a national song no. if they hadn't just been like, oh, Rank- okay. If they just ranked it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they just like let it happen. It's like, okay, no, now cool. It's like, it's like, they, it's like prohibition. Like, they yeah, abandoned. Exactly. People are like, I want it more than ever. Uh-huh. And also like, it's, and it's also just a great song. And it's cool to see artists collaborate mm-hmm. in like that fuck you sort of maverick spirit. Right, right, right. That was very cool too. So yeah, anyway, absolutely. also, did you see new Star Wars trailer? Oh, it's so good. It's so oh, good. Oh, it's great. Guys, if you haven't seen it, check it out. Very excited. I'm also very glad that this is like, it was a trilogy and this is the end of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not that I think they'll stop making movies because it's a cash cow. Right, right. But I'm glad that there was like a specific vision for these characters. Yeah, yeah. And now we're going to see the culmination of it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. What do you, do you have theories? I, I'm not a big Star Wars theorist. Sure. Um, I just sort of go in and I am amazed by <laughs> everything that happens. Yeah, and I just enjoy <laughs> it. There's other shows that I really like, Game of Thrones, obviously. Sure. I've been... Oh, I wanted to recommend... 
I just found it. It's already very popular. And you, if you're a fan of Game of Thrones, you probably already listened to it. But Binge Mode's Game of Thrones series. Okay. Oh, they're so good. They just earnestly and unapologetically love Game of Thrones so much nice. that they binge watched all of the seasons before the final uh, season's premiere. Yeah. And in the last episode, both of the hosts are crying. Oh. <laughs> they're like, they're just talking about why they love Game of Thrones so uh-huh. much and why they think the stories are really important. But beyond that, like why fantasy is really important. Oh, that's cool. Um, and they get really into it and they're both like crying and it's <laughs> so good. I listened, that was the first episode I ever listened to and oh, they were wow. joking that no one would have started listening in the last episode. And I was like, I'm new. Right. Because I just really wanted to cram before the premiere this weekend right right, right. um so guys i finished killing eve or oh, i okay. should i shouldn't say that because there are new episodes uh airing right now i have caught up with what is on hulu okay cool. have you seen killing eve I've never seen you it. should watch killing yeah eve. yeah okay oh do you know there's a new deal out right now we are not sponsored by anyone <laughs> so i don't want anyone to think this is an ad we're 100% listener supported. Yeah. That's you guys. If you go to uh, lighttreason.news right now and smash that donate button, you keep us going. Give us your money. Give us your money. <laughs> or uh, you can go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Kilkenny. There's all kinds of neat benefits over there if you want to sign up. So uh, Spotify, if you get Spotify Premium right now, uh-huh. which is like 9 bucks a month. It's $11 a month. Uh, or at least mine is. I don't know. There's a new deal. That they're advertising right now for nine ninety nine, and they've only been charging me ninety nine a month for premium. Interesting. Maybe it's because I got grandfathered in. Ooh, probably, yeah. But anyways, uh, new deal nine ninety nine, uh, Spotify Premium with Hulu included. Yes, uh, that's how I got Hulu. Me too. I, I already had. Today. I already had. Well, I already had Spotify Premium, and mm-hmm. then I was just like, they were like, oh, you can get Hulu, and I was like, okay. Weird, because <laughs> that deal is definitely nine ninety nine. But anyway, uh, guys, you can get both, which is a very good deal. Yeah, if you, uh, I think if, I mean, as far as I know, at least when I did it, uh, if it's still going, if you already have Spotify Premium, you can just get Hulu. Yeah, you don't that's have what to, I like, did. You don't have to, like, sign up you, for a new account. You do have to sign up because you don't have Hulu. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's not like you can use your Spotify login for Hulu. But anyway, no, so no, 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 no. Killing Eve. First season's up there. It's so fucking good. I'll so you have Hulu watch now. It. Watch yes, it. I'll watch it. Sandra O's amazing. Um, Her episode of SNL was really good. Speaking of SNL, so this was my other recommendation. Did you see Kit Harrington? Speaking of Game of I Thrones. I haven't watched his... Uh, I haven't caught up with that okay, episode yet. Okay, you need to watch it. Specifically, you need to watch... There's a sketch that Anna Dresden wrote okay, called great. Nephew pa- Pageant. Nephew Pageant? Okay. <laughs> great. Oh, boy. Uh, it so much so i watched it and i was like who wrote this and then i saw anna wrote it and i was like of course it was anna mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. so good Great. i hope it's better than uh daddy pageant whatever there was that one weird sketch a couple weeks ago where there it was like a beauty contest for like for like old men for like dads who was hosting i don't not remember i do not remember weird it was it was, yeah, it was i mean it was a while ago probably it was like a month or two ago. nephew pageant's very funny you need to watch it uh so also speaking of hulu I started watching, I'm very late to this, uh, The Runaways. Oh, yeah, I've heard of this. I haven't, I, again, I haven't watched it. Yeah, it's Marvel, and okay. it's about a group of teenagers who find out their parents are up to no fucking good. Ooh. Their parents are super creepy, and I like it a lot. There's a lot of cheese in it. So if sure. you're not a big cheese fan, I feel like that sort of comes with the MCU at this point. Yeah, but there's like varying degrees of tolerance. Like for sure. example, I discovered that my threshold is like Buffy. Okay. Buffy's <laughs> too much cheese for that me. Is, that is that is arguably cheese. one of the most divisive shows of all time. It's a lot of cheese because I feel like there was a lot of you know wading into uncharted territory with uh-huh. that show. Yeah. And also a lot of stuff that rang true in the moment, which was like, this is a feminist show. Now, yeah. like, you know, looking back in 2019, mm-hmm. especially with Joss Whedon, it's like, is it? <laughs> is it? Yeah, that's truly Did one. Did you just want to see a hot blonde girl kick <laughs> ass? <laughs> that's truly like one of those shows where I'm like, I, I only know people that don't like it or it is their life. I think you needed to grow up with it. I uh-huh. think it is a, it's very hard to watch it as an adult with that sort of like you know, inexperience and naivete. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Um, so, oh man, I have other recs, but I want to get to your recs. Okay. What are what are you consuming at the moment? Uh, lots of Jordan Peterson. Gross, uh, Eric. <laughs> Ew. Um, 
Uh, let's see. I mostly because I have been working two jobs recently, so I haven't been sitting down and watching a lot of TV. Sure, that would um, be hard. Yeah, unless you could do it like at your job. I can in small chunks because mm-hmm. my my night job at a rehearsal studio, like it's structured in a way where I basically every hour I have like thirty minutes of free time, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I can just like I can sort of uh, watch a couple things uh, at work. But I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, uh, mm-hmm. of course. Sure. Um, Oh, I am too. I have a rec for one. Yeah, go for if it. If you want to wreck any specific ones, I'll allow it on this <laughs> podcast. Um, listen, this one is very dystopian and very dark, but it's mm. interesting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm interested in this. Sure. Robert Evans has a podcast, It Could Happen Here. Okay. About uh, the impending civil war. Love that. And but he actually like his whole beat is white supremacy mm-hmm. and, and far right extremism. Right. In addition to being like a war uh, reporter, mm-hmm. so he has been to countries and reported on civil unrest, <laughs> and right. he sees a lot of the same warning signs. Right, right, right. So it's him, but he does it in a narrative way where it's like he puts you in a civil war where he's like you wake up and you hear the bombs. Oh, okay. Type well, that's cool. Situation. I like that. Yeah. In addition to just a little little theater of the mind reporting as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a narrative slash reporting. I love that thing. That's um, what that's what I think podcasts should be a lot. Yeah. This definitely feels like um, he had the podcasting format in mind while right. doing it, where yeah. he's like, let's like paint a picture. Yeah. You can do so much. And you know, with, the, with that specifically like that type of show, yeah. where as, as opposed to being like a reporting show or a new show, it's like with doing yeah. something like that, you have so much time and production value. You can really like really play with it. I loved, um, I think I talked about it on the show uh, a while ago, but, uh, the dropout podcast about yes. Elizabeth Holmes, they were so good at that. Yeah. Uh, about like really they were like so good crafting about that, the narrative that the HBO documentary was a letdown in comparison uh-huh. to it. I was like, mm, the dropout was better. Yeah, they're supposed to be making it into a TV show now with Kate McKinnon. With right? Kate McKinnon playing Elizabeth Holmes, <laughs> which is going to be awesome. Uh, well, when you told me that, I was like, is it a comedy or yeah. is she trying to do like dramatic? Content? I don't know. I the literally the 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 all the news stories are just like. Uh, I forget which channel it's supposed to be on, but like they bought it, like they optioned it. And they have offered her the role, but like, there's no like, there's no like uh, concept of what it's going to be if it's going to be a comedy or whatever. Look, I think it could be a very, very, very funny dark comedy. Yeah, 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 for sure. Especially when you considered how many people she bamboozled be, and who she bamboozled. <laughs> it would be so funny to me if they did a show that was basically just The Office, but it was about Elizabeth <laughs> Holmes. <laughs> but she's doing the Jim Halpert looks to the camera yeah. like, they're buying it. Can you believe they're buying it? It's just uh, like, that would be so funny. That's really, really funny. Um, I, I've been listening to a lot of this podcast called What a Time to be Alive. Uh-huh. It's a comedy podcast hosted by three uh, oh, comedians. Yeah. Um, they basically just every—it's a weekly show where they just uh, recap like five insane, new, like dumb news stories right. from the week and just like talk about it and riff about it. But they're—they're they're all great. They're all yeah. like very funny people mm-hmm. and like uh, um, there. It's just like a really fun show, uh, and I, I I really enjoy like their their brand of comedy and stuff like that. Yes, I've heard that it is very good. Yeah. There's also this show, I, probably not for everyone, but there's a show There's a show called I Learned Nothing <laughs> that's hosted by two like like two comedians as well but one of them uh has a like graduate degree in philosophy so the pre- <laughs> so the premise of the show is that this guy is teaching his other like dumb comedy friend about philosophy that's really funny <laughs> and so they it's just those, it's just those two guys i also feel like that is the premise of the good place yeah kind of yeah which uh, is a show i love but i it is very much like philosophy 101 yeah it's, <laughs> it's pretty much like every episode they just delve into like a different philosopher or a different concept from philosophy yeah. and so like like the most uh, recent uh episode is about deleuze which if anybody knows about deleuze it's like even talking to people who are interested in it is insane. Yeah. Uh, so like, it's just fun to like listen to him talk to a guy who has absolutely no idea what he's talking about and just trying to explain, especially like, r- like really esoteric like Baudrillard or like like these really like really esoteric like, postmodern theorists and just trying to explain it to like 
a regular a person. Civilian. Yeah, it's yeah. just like this is insane. Man, philosophy majors. If you're a philosophy major currently or former, no disrespect, but I'm an English major, uh-huh. and I just remember English majors meeting philosophy majors. Like, man, why are you even in school? <laughs> right. And for an English major yeah, to yeah, say yeah. that, it's like, fuck you. Why are yeah. you in school? Yeah, exactly. But yeah. philosophy. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so many philosophy majors. I didn't realize this until uh, uh, a, a while ago, but like. Most philosophy majors are just, I guess, lawyers. Oh, okay. That's like a really big, like, pre-law major. Interesting. You learn how to craft the arguments and how to think and yeah, stuff like that. that. Makes sense. I didn't, I didn't realize that. I thought all, put, like, all philosophy majors were just like the dude sitting on the lawn. That's a lot like, of <laughs> foundational uh, stuff for an English degree too. Uh-huh. Like, at least at my school, they made us take a lot of like, right, thinking classes. Yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah. How to craft an argument. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so it's basically how to make very difficult people. <laughs> mm-hmm, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Guys, on that note, speaking of difficult people, here's your bad news. I realized I wanted to talk about this in the pop culture section, mm-hmm. but I think Brett Easton Ellis always qualifies as bad news. Well, speaking of terrible English majors. Terrible English majors, <laughs> probably philosophy major as well. Probably a philosophy slash English major. <laughs> oh, God. Brett Just Easton the worst Ellis. person on campus. If you guys have not read <laughs> the New Yorker interview with Isaac Schotner. I, you know what? I made this point uh, to somebody on Twitter or on Facebook. I... No disrespect to people who do journalism and stuff like that, but I never really con- conceived of like interviewing people as like an art form, or like this. or it's like taking like a lot of like skill because but because for most like most interviews you read are just people asking very basic questions and then getting like stock answers to them. Uh-huh. This interview is insane. Yeah. And he just like straight up to his face is like, "Why are you doing this? Like, why are you a writer?" And there are just like several baffling interactions, not on the interviewer's part, but Brett Easton Ellis, who I knew was stupid. Uh-huh. Uh, this just solidified it and like magnified it by a thousand. Like there are exchanges like this. So the interviewer goes, so a, a, a large part of this interview is Brett Easton Ellis saying that uh, progressives are overreacting about Trump and that mm-hmm. stuff like Michelle Obama saying, when they go low, we go high is super condescending and why people hate liberals. Uh-huh. So the interviewer at one point goes, okay, but Trump says a lot of racist things. We can all agree on that, right? Brett Easton Ellis. It says pauses. Sure. <laughs> so he says lots of racist things. This thing was, uh, this thing was only said once. Why do people, why does people being upset about it or people being upset about the fact that we have a president who regularly says bigoted things bother you? Brett Easton Ellis. No, 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 no. That just twisted up what I meant. Okay. Tell me what you meant. You think I'm defending a racist. No. I asked why liberals repeating Trump's remark about Mexican immigrants being rapists bothers you so much. Because it doesn't seem to be truthful. (laughs) And it seems to be exaggerated and said over and over again. No, it's not fucking exaggerated. He said, this is Allison. This is Allison, your furious host. (laughs) Trump called them rapists. Uh Okay, so then wait, we have to get to my favorite. It's really, really hard to pick a favorite part of this interview. This is my favorite, though. Uh So the interviewer is talking about... um, Charlottesville mm-hmm. um, and says what what does Trump have like a 93% approval rating or let's say 100% from his base uh, so this is Brett Easton Ellis let's say it's overall way up from 38% to 50% or even higher and let's say Latinos are now 50% approval for Trump so he's claiming Latinos are 50% <laughs> approval for Trump and the interviewer goes, that's not true, but okay. And then Brett Easton Ellis goes, well, whatever. <laughs> Which to me is also just a perfect embodiment of Twitter com- like Twitter debate in itself. Uh-huh. Someone pointing out that is factually inaccurate and someone yeah. going, well, whatever. Well, whatever. My favorite uh, interaction from the interview, and I don't have like it in front of me, but I, I remember at some point Brett Easton Ellis is basically saying, like, you know, I just don't care about millennials or politics in, or like I don't think about this stuff and everybody goes okay so 
all of the stuff in your book. Like, <laughs> you don't you don't care about it. I mean, it is just, <laughs> just one jewel like, of his a new quote. book is about like millennials and politics. He's like, yeah, I just don't spend that much time thinking about it or caring about it. And he's just like, so all of the crap in your book is like you don't care about. It's just like you know what it's like. It's like if Mortal Kombat was an interview. It's so, that's what it feels like every so single moment. I would. The only thing, the only way this could be better is just like if there were video. Oh my god! But what my the the longer I remember uh, a long time ago, back in the old days, you know, you know, Brady Stinellis got famous for writing uh, American Psycho, and then got turned uh, into a movie with Christian Bale and a woman director who made it a very good film. Yes, it's a very Probably good film. Probably a better film than it is a book. The book is not great, uh, you know. Uh, but, like, everybody just thought he was... I think it's become increasingly clear. Everyone thought that Bresden Easton Ellis was, like, writing this, like, critique of American capitalism and, and you know, and, and the excesses of, of modernity and all this he stuff. I think he think that... I think at this point, he thought that dude was cool. Yeah, I think he wanted to <laughs> jerk it to very, very rich young men who get to fuck a lot of hot girls. I, yeah, like, the more I read about Bresden Easton Ellis, I'm like, I think he was writing this, like, as like a cool thing that yeah. he thought this guy was cool. Yeah, I think smart, way smarter people than Brett Easton Ellis sort of assigned meaningfulness to his work that was not there. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So I just want to read one of my other favorite parts of the interview. Um, so the interviewer goes, you're a novelist. You write about the human condition. Do you worry about the self-harm of people who see things like child separation and have no emotional response? <laughs> Brady Snellis, I think I'm an absurdist. I think politics are ridiculous. Interviewer, maybe don't write a book about it. Would that be the solution? <laughs> You're not supposed to say that as an interviewer. It's so good. It's just, so good. He just straight up to his face is like, you suck, man. You They're like, suck. what are you doing? If you don't care about this shit, why are you writing books about it? You fucking douchebag. <laughs> oh, oh, it's so, so good. good. I love it. Guys. I, I love I, that. This interview should just be like printed out. It should be pasted on billboards. Yes. It's so good. It's so good. So, obviously, I wanted to talk about Julian Assange and all the feelings people are having Ooh, about it. Oh, yes. Okay. So, he looks. I know. He looks insane. He looks so bad. He looks insane. When I saw the pictures of him getting arrested. Look, I have complicated thoughts about it, but when I saw the yes, pictures of him getting too. arrested, I was like, he looks like fucking Gandalf. Like, he looks insane. Oh, he does. He yeah. just came. And he was like, have you seen the video of him getting arrested? He comes out, he's like he, screaming. He's, screaming. he's like hunched over. And like he's like resist (laughs) resist Uh, it is truly bananas if you haven't seen it so he has i mean there's a reason he looks terrible right he's been (laughs) sure (laughs) he's been in political exile in ecuador for seven years eight years in the yes in the ecuadorian uh, embassy in london seven years i think is what he read like seven years about um that's how long he's been like at the embassy he was I yeah. think floating around a little bit before that. Yeah. So, and he like has not been able to get like medical attention for various mm-hmm. ailments he has. So right. he's probably like very sick. So yeah. there's there's very good reason why he looks <laughs> as terrible as he looks. It's so funny. It's it's very funny. <laughs> and also, the reason I think people have very complicated feelings about this is Julian Assange is a piece of shit. Yes. And a rapist, and should stand trial for the women who were accusing him of rape. Yeah. Um, but having said that, this is bullshit. What is happening? Yeah, I think. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean. To well, yeah, over. I mean it's it's a hugely dangerous precedent that they're setting. Mm-hmm. That he was granted political asylum for seven, eight years, uh-huh. and then one day, arbitrarily, it seems like secret police just dragged him out, mm-hmm. and they allowed it to happen. Right. So we have to remember why he was seeking asylum in the first place. And we have to go all the way back to what happened with WikiLeaks and Chelsea Manning. Mm -hmm. Chelsea Manning, who by far got the worst end of the deal. Oh, for sure. uh, She was tortured in solitary confinement, almost died. Um, You know, Assange did a really, really shitty job of protecting a source. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But... This go- this stems all the way back to that incident. Right, sure. So we have to remember because there's been so much shit that has happened since then, including so 
WikiLeaks helping to get Trump elected, Mm -hmm. which is important to remember as well, but should not have any bearing on why they're actually going after Assange. Right. Um, And when I say they, I mean the Trump administration and, you know, the Obama administration beforehand. That's not to erase the fact that he also uh, committed this crime against these women and should stand um, on trial for that. Yeah, I think like... I typically like I roll real hard every time someone on Twitter is like, uh, can we have more nuance? Because uh, it's usually not in good faith. Yes. But this issue actually does require a lot of nuance, which is to say, like, yes, he's to stand trial for his rape uh, allegations. He should not be arrested for publishing information. Right. Um, and ca- I think people are sort of conflating that where they're like, good, they're finally getting this son of a bitch for rape. No. And it's like, no, 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 Those no, charges no. have been dropped already. Uh, right. And they, ha- I have to clarify this as well. They have not been dropped because the women dropped the charges. No, no, no. They the just, statute of limitations Exactly. Right, right. Exactly. There are people circulating that a lot. On oh, Twitter, oh, where sorry. Like, the yeah. women just dropped no, the no, charges. No, 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 and it's no. like, it's no, just no, like no, no, legally no, no. in that country, yes. they can't do anything yes. about it anymore. They, now that he's been dragged out of the embassy, the women have come back to be like cool can we now have this fucking trial right 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 um but yeah we have to remember like why they're going after assange and it sets a really really dangerous precedent because even if you don't like wikileaks even if you don't like julian assange valid totally valid imagine if this was like a new york times reporter right you know like that that's like a hop skip and a jump away it's also it's it's also weird that like It's just also strange to me that people are like, uh, oh, yeah, he should be arrested because he he aided the Trump campaign. It's like, okay, yeah, he did. Like, WikiLeaks sucks. That's not an arrestable offense. No, you know that, what I mean? Like, that's like, yeah, you should not support WikiLeaks because they're collaborators right. with a fascist regime. Right. But, yeah, they didn't technically. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. They did. I mean, they did stuff that is, like, unsavory. Yeah. You know, they hacked, you know, the DNC emails and released them. Okay, I get that you don't like that. And you can say that they were, you know, aiding the Donald Trump campaign, which it seems like certainly they were because they did not go after the Republic, the RNC's emails or stuff like that. So, I mean, it certainly seems like, and especially that Julian Assange is guided by like a very visceral hatred of Hillary Clinton. Yeah. But again, <laughs> that's not, <laughs> he shouldn't go to prison for that. Like, But the, I mean, the thing is, because of prosecutorial overreach, um, mm-hmm. that is a crime. Right. You know, like it is a crime to publish personal information that's, that's been hacked. Yeah, I, I, that's silly. I think uh, there's you can go after even if I don't I don't necessarily agree with this. You can go after the people that hack the emails, which, again, it, it, there's a weird dividing line because like some people are saying that. Julian Assange aided in the hacking or got like right. that was like the original that's what the United States is saying about the original breach with Chelsea Manning is that and there's no evidence there's no evidence but they're saying that, that he not he didn't just publish the the hacked the the hacked information but that he actually was guiding the hacking and was aiding in the hacking which would make it a crime I don't think that there's much evidence of that but it's like you know go after you can go after the people that hack this stuff Publishing it is a totally different deal. Right. And and you can even, I think you could even go as far as to say, like, he may have been a little reckless with publishing it, especially like the original uh, war logs by not redacting information. Yeah. You can say he was reckless and that's all fine. And you can criticize him and you can try to work on fixing that kind of stuff. But you can't arrest people for publishing information. Yeah. And we have to remember that the Trump administration's like wet dream is to make all kind of whistleblowing illegal. Uh So they'll start with something like WikiLeaks, Mm -hmm. which is like, you know, Trump used to love WikiLeaks. Now he hates them because, you know, um, he's, he has no moral compass. Like when it benefits him during the Hillary Clinton emails, he, he loved WikiLeaks. Now he will absolutely um, agree to, sending Julian Assange to prison for a very long time because if they can make whistleblowing illegal, right. it, it benefits them because then they can get away with stuff. Yeah, of course. That much easier if right. people are afraid to come forward because it's like, I don't want to go to prison the, the rest of my life. Right. People are seeing what's happening to Chelsea Manning, to Julian Assange. Edward Snowden's been in exile yeah. for how many years? Yeah. They know that if you come forward, if you have really sensitive information, you will ruin your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that has a really chilling effect. Yeah, absolutely. So I also wanted to talk about abortion. Oh, boy. Uh, there is so much terrifying shit in the works right now. In Ohio, on Wednesday, 
Um, they passed a, a heartbeat bill that will now go to the governor's desk. Um, Mississippi and Kentucky uh, passed similar legislation. Alabama is considering a bill that would criminalize all abortions and Great. likens abortions to atrocities like the Holocaust and the Cam- Cambodian uh, killing fields. Great. But the winner of the, the scariest anti-choice legislation in the country right now is Texas, of course. where one Republican lawmaker has once again put forth a bill that would not only criminalize all abortions, but would equate an abortion with homicide, a crime that can lead to the death penalty. This idea was formulated by Representative Tony Tinderholt, an Air Force veteran who the Washington Post notes has been married five times. (laughs) He introduced a similar bill in 2017, and in an interview that year with the Texas Observer, he framed his bill as a way to get people to be personally responsible for having sex. I. <laughs> oh <laughs> so my I have a, God! I have a uh, uh, a view on this. Uh, you, is this when you're going to come out? Is <laughs> yeah, yeah. Choice. <laughs> uh, I think uh, I'm moving back to the south. Uh, no, I think. Well, here's here's my 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 weird view on this, which is that this is uh, insane. Do you think but, it'll actually be a good thing? Because people will be like, no, so. Well, here's my view on that, and and, and I do think that, but it, but here's why. It's an insane bill. Yes. Like on its face, everyone I think absolutely can, absurd. But here's the thing: if you really believe that killing a fetus is the same as killing another human life, then you have to support it. Yeah, this actually, in a weird way, is very pure philosophically. Yeah, like that's the thing: is that this bill that most people agree is insane is the only logically consistent yes. view for being anti-choice, which is like if you're gonna say. If you kill a fetus, it's the same as killing another human life. Then you have to believe this. Right. And if you don't, then you don't believe that. And I think it is so extreme that, look, there's no greater way to rally the progressive troops, if you will, than to propose something like this. Because it's so extreme and it's right. so scary. I mean, like, everybody's been talking about The Handmaid's Tale as though it's some sort of dystopian future. Now mm-hmm. it's like, no, here's actually a bill that is The Handmaid's right, Tale. Right, right, right. Absolutely. So there's, there's no better way to get the left jazzed about <laughs> supporting right. um you know the right to choose again but that i hate saying stuff like that because it feels like very armchair philosopher when sure. it, i don't want to remove the fact that there are huge stakes here yeah and uh, I mean, yeah, absolutely. if you live in texas and you're a person who needs an abortion this is a terrifying time right now yeah absolutely it's i mean it's it's awful it's terrifying i mean my my hope is that it doesn't seem to have a lot of broad support you know but not this bill the other ones you know do at some points yeah yeah. but like this one doesn't but i what what i hope people would do is not just latch on to the fact that it's insane and being like oh yeah you can't give people a death penalty but just you know it's like i said like i think people if you're conservative and you're like anti-choice but you don't support it as also being homicide then what do you believe right you know what i mean and like i i I hope that people seeing this is insane will drive some more people to get involved and just be like that's insane well we can't do this here's here's another angle that sort of scares me this is very extreme Mm -hmm. as we've described but my fear is that this is the right pushing the Overton window further. So something like a heartbeat bill looks reasonable by comparison. Right, right. And of course it's not. Mm-hmm. But even calling it the heart, heartbeat bill is misleading because right. essentially what it is is just making it, um, it it's moving the, the benchmark for when you can get an abortion. Right, right, right. And it's making it harder and harder and it's pushing it sooner and sooner and sooner. Of course, of course. So you could not even know you're pregnant and suddenly you don't have the option mm. to terminate the pregnancy. Um, so but i'm afraid that people will be like well it's not like the texas bill we're not saying that we're gonna give them the death penalty that's the worry yeah Yeah, is that yeah you propose something like this that's insane which is like trump's big thing too is that like he's always saying insane things Mm -hmm. in hopes that you know quote unquote because he's a deal maker it's like you say the most extreme thing and then like well if we come to the center 
Right. We still get what we yeah. want. And that's like a good negotiation if you're negotiating like a salary. Right. Not if you're negotiating like bodily autonomy. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. And and yeah, like that's yeah, that's such an important point because it's like that that's where compromise gets you. And that's how they get around things like Roe v. Wade, which is saying that like, oh no, no, we're not trying to criminalize or or uh abortion, but we just want like, you know, regulations on clinics so that they're up to code. Right. And then you make it so that no clinics can be open. You right. make the regulations so harsh that none of them can open. Exactly. And then it's like, you know, I remember the there was this really, you know, uh, intense like catch twenty two they they tried in Mississippi, which is like they would, you know, they said, you know, things that seem on their face if you don't know anything about the issues to be like reasonable uh, regulations, mm-hmm. like okay, if you're an abortion, you know, if you work for a private clinic like a Planned Parenthood or you know some other clinic that's not in a hospital, right? The doctor has to have admitting privileges to a local hospital so that if something goes wrong, you know, yeah, it's you can take in them like, to the hospital. It's always in the name of caring for the woman. And it's like, you're not actually caring right. for the woman. Well, what they did was they were like, you know, you have to have admitting privileges because in case anything goes wrong, you need to be able right. to go to the hospital and get sure. and, and get help. And they were like, okay. And then the doctor tried to get admitting privileges to local hospitals. None of the hospitals right. would give it to him. So effectively making it impossible to do as well. Yeah, work. they've been really good about making abortion illegal without overturning Roe v. Wade, right. which they also, that's a dream. They And they probably oh, sure. have the votes to do it now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I also, before we run out of time in the mm-hmm. bad news section, wanted to talk about um, Trump's campaign to get Ilhan Omar assassinated. Oh, and I, I really, mean, unbelievable. I don't think that's hyperbole at this point. No. So... Uh, I didn't get to talk about this because it happened uh, after the last weekly recap, but a man in upstate New York was arrested on Friday for allegedly threatening to assassinate Democratic Congresswoman Ilhan Omar. Um, He phoned her office last month and called her a fucking terrorist, according to a criminal complaint released on Saturday. And this all stems from uh, Ilhan Omar made a comment about 9-11 mm-hmm. that a lot of people on the right jumped all over where she she said uh, something like some stuff happened Right, in she passing. said some people did something. Some people did something when she was talking about the 9-11 attacks. And of course the right jumped all over that as I guess her endorsing 9-11. <laughs> yeah, or ta- they, you know, they're, oh, she was... Uh, uh, downplaying yeah. 9-11 she wasn't treating it with respect and like the new york post had it on its front like images of the plane flying into mm-hmm. the tower with like the quote some people did some stuff right um and trump responded to all of this by repeatedly calling her out in a really scary way where at this point, I'm like, when is she going to have Secret Service protection? Because these people are openly advocating for her to be assassinated. Yeah. Well, Trump last, I don't know if you saw it, but he he uh, his pinned tweet right now is a, uh, a tweet where he just says, we will never forget. And it's a video, and it's the video is of Elon Omar talking, interspliced with video of 9-11 happening. Yeah. Um, and... You know, uh, it's, there's just so many layers to the story that are just so awful. You know, the the first one is just like when people do this kind of stuff. Like, I, I it's really disingenuous for like people will say like people on the right will say like no 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 we're not inciting people to violence we're just criticizing Elon Omar. People like the president know exactly what they're yes. doing. They know that their supporters are just rabid like awful people and they know they will go after him it's the same thing that people i I don't mean to like compare the two but it's the same thing like when you have somebody on twitter that has like a lot of followers and you sick like you retweet them yeah they're they're not like go after this person but like when you quote somebody or like you know your followers are doing like that's the whole reason you're doing it you know and so they have this sort of layer of like no no i didn't say for people to do anything about it i'm just like that's like no you know what's happening and we know what the outcome is going to be because how many times have we been through this with like stuff like pizzagate some armed lunatic Uh is gonna actually follow through with everything you've been saying you've now you've now framed her as like the greatest threat against right. the United States right now. Yeah. So what's to stop someone from trying? We already had this guy in upstate New York mm-hmm. saying that he was going to, quote, put, I'll put a bullet in her fucking skull. Yeah. Like, 
it's going to happen. There are, I mean, she's uh, as long as she's in the public, she's gonna have to have security. She needs security. Like, yeah. yeah. There's also they're, I, they're never gonna stop. You know, having faith in the Democrats at all, I know, is a mistake. Why do we have to wait for like his fucking taxes or whatever to come out to start impeachment processes? Because it's like now he's calling for the assassination, mm-hmm. as, you know, essentially right. of a congresswoman. Right. Start the impeachment. Process. Yeah, I mean, somebody's got to do something. I, I will say also, it, uh, look, we know that the president is like just a, a racist, like awful person. Yeah. We we know all this stuff sure. about him already. Like it, it it is good to criticize him and to call him out for this kind of stuff. You have to do this constantly, but also like. You know, how many Democrats have refused to stand up for Elon Omar? Oh, my God. Nancy Pelosi. What the fuck is she doing? Like, what are, what are they doing? You know, they're like, all cowards. That's why I'm like, I don't have faith in them. Only, I, I wonder how much of how many of them are Islamophobic as well. Right. Only two of the current like Bernie, 20, uh, Bernie and Elizabeth Warren have right. both like made statements uh, in support of Elon Omar. Uh, a couple of the others uh, like Beto have made very vague comments like, oh, we can't let the president's Islamophobia divide us. No, this is your colleague. You yeah. need to say her you name. You have to defend her. Yeah. You need to say her name. You need to stand up for her and stop being these fucking cowards yeah. and these like just completely milk toast. Like who, what, how many, like wh- whose vote are you trying to get? Right. Who are you trying to stand up for? Like, I get the Islamophobes yeah, votes. like, like what, it, what, like how many principles are you going to like give up on for votes? All and who's, that. and whose vote are you trying to get with this? Like, uh, I, Beto is prepared to give up all of his. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like who's, but who's like, who are you worried about offending? Yeah. Who, who, like, nobody that's going to vote for you right. is going to be offended by that. And like, and, and even if they were, fuck them. All right. Stand up for this person against, like, the president of the United States. You know, like, this is unbelievable it's, that it's they, they won't wild. do anything about this. I'm genuinely afraid for her. Yeah. Um, guys, that was a very dark note to end on, but we were in the bad news section. But here, it's that time. Jump up and down. Here is your good news. <laughs> Exciting science news. My fave. Did you guys all see the space butthole? <laughs> We're the worst. Twitter. We're the worst people who have ever lived in the history it of took, humanity. It took, it, took, it took zero time. It And it took so many years of hard work. Uh, yeah. Dr. Katie uh, Bowman led, a, led a, an effort to comprise a bunch of um, data Algor- she came up with an algorithm that helped capture the first ever image of a supermassive black hole and its shadow at the center of a galaxy known as M87. And Twitter instantly was like, looks like an asshole. Looks like a butt. Looks like an asshole. Which also, it doesn't. It's just a circle with a hole in it. <laughs> it um, yeah, I'm not going to go into what it actually looks like because <laughs> I'm an adult uh-huh. and this is an important scientific yeah, it's just, discovery. It's so funny to me. It's just like it took it, it literally as soon as they posted it, everybody was like, yeah, it looks like a butt. Looks like a butthole. Uh, so I actually wanted to talk about, you know, it is an amazing feat. Uh, but I wanted to talk about Dr. Katie Bowman because a curious thing happened. A couple curious things happened immediately after this story broke. One was very predictable, which is like the bunch of uh, little losers on 4chan and mm-hmm. 8chan were like, oh, she didn't actually do anything. Uh, right. It was a group as opposed to they were like, oh, there were a bunch of people working on it. It's like, yeah, like yeah, every no other shit. scientific <laughs> discovery, you fucking idiots. Uh, but like, you know, can't wait to tear down a woman right, who right, achieved something. Course. Not that it fucking matters. Um, but then even in the mainstream, there was this weird sort of, I don't know, like <sighs> there was a weird amount of publications that just kept referring to her as Katie Bowman. Uh-huh. And she's a doctor. I think. I will say, I mean, I do think there's a, a denigration of like, uh, like women scientists. I also think it's the fact that she looks very young. She does look young. I also think, in general, people, unless they are given the information directly, like if somebody she is a the, doctor. Yeah, I think a lot of people are very bad at talking about this stuff because yeah. that happened a lot with like even my like uh, when I was going to school. Uh, 
my professors like in the sociology department like students would not call them doctor and it wasn't like a it wasn't a like it wasn't a willful thing it's just like they don't think about it yeah unless it's well, put also, right in front of them she a lot of what they first grabbed was she put an image of herself seeing the black hole for the first time on social media yeah and her social media accounts as katie bowman exactly so i, I think I, it was a lot of people doing the bare minimum effort I just reporting it i just think they're dumb it's, it, it's, it's that but also i think that a lot of people don't realize more and more this is what the scientific community looks yeah, like yeah 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 of course it, it looks like a young woman right who's posting on social media mm-hmm. and it's important to remember like no she actually went to a ton like a lot of schooling yeah. to get here she was leading this effort to create a very advanced algorithm yeah and this is what a doctor looks like yeah. now i think a lot of people still think it looks like an elderly white man with a beard mm-hmm. in a lab coat and they right. would be like oh that looks like a doctor maybe mm-hmm. we should find out does he want to be referred to as doctor in right, this article right. but it would never occur to them like Oh, this woman is probably a doctor as well. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. <laughs> we'll just call her Katie Bowman. You uh-huh. know, you, we all know a Katie. She's <laughs> right. fun, you know? Yeah, and also, like, you know, like, it, it I, yeah, I, I absolutely think that's happening. Because, uh, you know, also, it's like, there's no references to her, like, you know, what, generally what people think of as doctors as doing, like, like not medical doctors, but, like, teach, like, she's not teaching a class. She's not, like, right. you know, she's doing research, which is what you're supposed to be doing, you know? And it's just like, oh, they just see the social media picture and she's like, Oh, it's Katie Bowman. We'll throw it up on the article. That's, this is who did it, blah, 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 you know, right. and that, without thinking about it, just cause they just, yeah. Like you said, like they don't picture that as like a doctor. Right. Right. I, I think it was, I don't think it was necessarily malicious, but I think it's so deep Yeah, yeah that yeah. people just didn't. Yeah, I don't, I, it. yeah. Yeah. My, my mentor professor, when I was going to school, um, she, had, uh, you know, she had a big thing where like, you know, people would raise their hand in class and you know they'd be like you know mrs what actually she's like uh it's doctor doctor yeah only yeah. refer to me as doctor yeah good and you it was should. just like and it was just like i mean i worked hard for that and, and like she worked hard for it spent a ton of money yeah and it's just like you know it, it, it you know she wasn't being like you know you're you're a bad person it was just like no like this this is what it is well like, also for your benefit right you should know that yeah and exactly not forget <laughs> that yeah right uh, I also want to talk about former Homeland uh, Security Secretary uh, Christian Nielsen, thief of migrant children, <laughs> as the root mm. so um, articulately yeah. describes her. That's a great little, that's a great one. Uh, reportedly is going to have a tough time finding a new job because oh no. she was the head of the migrant baby stealing program. Oh, no. I don't know if that's true. This is according to the Atlantic People close to Nielsen said that in normal situations, people who leave high-profile positions like DHS secretary have their pick of other private sector jobs, but not a migrant baby stealer. I think she'll probably segue she'll probably neatly into like the a fucking Heritage Foundation, or, or something like, like become a pundit on Fox News. Yeah, she'll be. Something. She'll be fine. She'll do something. I do. Also, she probably has enough money now. She doesn't have to work. Just fucking go. Just leave. Right. Get out. <laughs> Just <laughs> go enjoy your wealth and go directly go into the black hole uh-huh. that Dr. Katie Bowman, yeah, <laughs> so beautifully uh-huh. displayed to the world. Yeah. So. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about this in the good news section because I'm glad she's leaving. I'm glad. I hope it is true that she will permanently have the stink of uh, stealing migrant children on her. <laughs> mm-hmm. And no one ever fucking forgets she's a collaborator. Uh huh. Did you see the the thing that happened with the um? There's this writer, like this, like I guess he's like a. I don't know what to call him. I don't think he's a comedian, but like just like there's this like. This is a man. Yeah, he's I like don't a, acknowledge men. Uh, so. <laughs> he's like a Twitter like shit poster. His name's like Luke O'Neill. He's a writer, and he was writing op eds for like I think the Boston Globe, some paper in Boston. Mm-hmm. But he wrote a thing about like how he used to work as a waiter and how he. Basically, it was the premise of like somebody, I fr- some war criminal, I don't know, sure. from like the Bush administration, like came into his restaurant and he was like, I didn't do anything and I regret it to this day. Uh-huh. Like, and he, and he was basically being like, No, I'm not saying if Kristen Nielsen comes in your restaurant, <laughs> you should spit in the food, but, but, you know, and so basically he wrote this whole thing. It was just basically that, just being like, I'm not, I'm not saying you should, but yeah. you won't regret it if you do. I mean, these uh, people should never have a <laughs> moment of peace in public uh-huh. ever again. He wrote this whole article and then like, there was this whole controversy because they published it and then immediately like took it back down and was like, oh, we, we 
condemn this or whatever. It's like, you published it. You read it and edited it. You what wanted you clicks about? and then you lost your yeah, nerve. And yeah. Then, yeah. And then he quit like very vocally on Twitter, which was fun. That's funny. Uh, also in good news, I wanted to talk about nature coming together for the very noble cause of killing a rhino poacher. Um, there was a, a very bad person who was in South Africa um, trying to get, I believe, a rhino horn, which mm -hmm. are very, very valuable on the black market. And he was killed by an elephant, then eaten by lions. It's the circle of I was going to say, this is the Disney movie we need. <laughs> this is I would watch this for three hours. I would watch, like, imagine it's as violent as it would be in nature, but uh -huh. it's, like, animated by Pixar. Can you imagine this guy? So, crouching in the bushes, mm -hmm. um, waiting for a rhino. Probably yeah. had his little binoculars. Right. And he was looking at the rhino. And he turned around, <laughs> and there was a fucking elephant mm -hmm. standing by him. <laughs> or maybe it just, like, um, stampeded him. But I like I the so. idea that the elephant stealthily approached right, from right, behind. Right. And then was just, Maybe like tapped there. him on his shoulder just with like his trunk. Right. And like, he turned hey, around. Hey, buddy. And then he just murders him uh and then the lions are like sitting nearby and they're like can we mm, can we would you mind and the elephant's yeah. like yeah have no, at i'm not gonna it. eat I'm it not gonna, i'm not yeah. i don't want i don't eat this it's not brush <laughs> yeah. i don't eat this uh. have at it it's the circle. <laughs> i you know, love this story so much yeah, I, I wish somebody would just animate one of these things like you know how there's always those like four to five minute like shorts before pixar movies uh -huh. like i just wish it was like this a little a short a little short they should do shorts like that for adults <laughs> <laughs> the kids have had too much for too they, long. You know what? They've had it too good. They, they get to all the good things. Uh, yeah, it's just yeah. Th this is great. It's 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 fun to watch these people uh, die. I guess I don't yeah. like. It's just like for sure. You know, if, if you're gonna do this stuff, then you get what's this is because this has always been my problem with hunting is that people are like, you know, hunting is very like it's very natural to the human species. It's very noble. This is what we do. It's like. Yeah, okay, maybe, but also, like, not with weapons mm -hmm. and, like, sitting in trees. Like, they, the people who are hunters, like, want to have it both ways, which is, mm -hmm. like, yeah, hunting is a fight, and uh, you lost. You lost, big time, buddy. Like, like this this is my problem when every time somebody, like, like, it's a terrible story, but, like, anytime somebody, like, falls in a cage at a zoo, and then they, like, put down the animal, it's like, what do you, no. Like this is this is wait, just, Eric. <laughs> is your position that they should let the person die who falls into the? No, pit? no, no. I'm saying that I'm <laughs> saying that after the fact they put down the animal. Oh yeah. Why do they do that? Because they're scared that they're gonna be violent from now on. That they've lost their like domestication. But how? Like I don't that know. One they're, interaction. They're, yeah. They, that I mean that happens. Like uh, that, I can. S I'm not supporting this because zoos are evil and they should be abolished. Mm -hmm. But following through with that reasoning i could see if like the animal attacked someone and killed them no that's what i'm saying like yeah. uh, like the times that like uh, somebody's gotten into a cage or something the animal killed the person they put down the animal afterwards right it's like i'm sorry you interact with nature sometimes you lose yeah like it, you know I mean, maybe just release them back into the wilderness because that's what yeah. they would do in the wild yeah anyway. sure like know. do something with it but it's just like you so know it should be illegal everyone yeah they of course not yeah, just be illegal but like that's my that's my thing with hunting is people like oh it's terrible that this person's like he was gonna kill the animal like it's if you're gonna get into a fight with nature you don't get to be upset that you lost like, he lost so badly so hard that groups of animals that normally never interact mm -hmm. were like fuck this guy yeah they, they teamed up. I love That's it. so good. So I also wanted to shout out Bernie Sanders, who did something recently that I hope will uh, be like a growing trend amongst Democrats. And I actually think it's also important for like why it's important that Bernie Sanders is in this race, because I feel like he um, oftentimes, and Elizabeth Warren does this too, sets the standard that then candidates like uh, Kamala Harris um, yeah. Also, eventually pick up. I hope up. so. Yeah, I hope that's. But anyway, yeah. So uh, Bernie Sanders in Iowa said that states should allow felons to vote uh, from prison. Yeah. Which, yeah. I agree with that. <laughs> uh, you they're know. still they're still citizens. Mm -hmm. um, it is so fucking weird how in this country you lose the right to vote if you go to prison. Yes, I. I mean, I think that I. I will. I. I, I totally agree with that. I think it's. I see people's point on it. I don't agree with it at all. 
what's completely unconscionable to me is that once you get out of jail, you still can't vote, which is insane. You've paid your time, right. like you did your thing, whatever. Like you're done. Yeah. You know that's unbelievable. I think, but also like, you know, Bernie's point was just like, I mean, you're still subject to the laws of the United States. That's, you should that's have a vote in th- it. That's my yeah. whole thing. As long as you are subject to the laws of the land, you should be able to you vote. Get to vote on it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like it doesn't make any sense. Like you're p- that it's separate, which I think is the point he made, which is like it's separate. Like you're paying your time, like for a crime. Mm-hmm. So that's you've separate. Lost. Yeah, you've already lost. You lost like, your freedom. Yeah, which is the most valuable thing that you can lose. Right. So, but you are still subject to laws, mm-hmm. so you should be able to vote. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and uh, because like the extension of that, basically, it's people saying I don't like this person, so I don't think they should be able to vote. Yeah. Which, if that's your standard, there's a bunch of people I know who have never technically committed a crime who mm-hmm. I don't like. <laughs> yeah. But they are able to vote. Oh, there are. A lot of people, I don't think, <laughs> should be able to vote. Yeah, you don't want me to have that power. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't like a lot of people. You do not want me to choose who gets to vote. <laughs> it is stripping <laughs> rights, left and right. It is not going to end well for most of you. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you know. There'll be like five people who can vote <laughs> by the end of it. It'll just be a council of elders. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd like to revert to a time when we have a council of elders. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so I mean, but that's dumb, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's just silly. Like you know, I I've always thought that. I mean, the 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 after you get out of prison, uh, even when I was like a child, was like that doesn't make any sense. Right. Like what you're you're done. Like you right. paid it. Like you know that's that's the whole point of like prison is like you did a crime. This is your punishment. Okay, well the punishment's over. Right. So why am I still being punished? Right. Right. And and so this is a logical extension of that, and I think it makes a lot of sense, which is like yeah, look part of like you you're still subject to these laws Mm -hmm. you're paying this is a punishment for a crime but that's separate from you being a citizen of the united states and like being subject to the laws of it right and speaking of pushing the overton window i like that bernie is reaching for you know um that uh felons should be able to um vote uh, oh, he was actually saying uh, the voting rights should be restored to felons who have completed their prison sentences. Sorry. I think he, I mean, I don't know about the, I think at some point he has also oh, advocated no, 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 behind no. bars. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was right. Sorry. I yeah. read the rest of that paragraph right. wrong. Um, I like that he's pushing the Overton window to uh, people who are actually in prison yes. because then it makes it easier for that argument okay like but what about after they've completed uh-huh, their prison right, sentences right. so i think it's very smart in that respect as yeah. well he's like reaching a little further which is always what we should be doing right yeah um, i mean and also just like you need you know regardless of your your thoughts on burning I'm, i know there are a lot of people listening to the show that don't like him and have no sure. plans about him. that's cool yep. uh it's your prerogative i just it's nice to have somebody in a in a big public spotlight who's really popular very popular and hat is is principled and will just be like yeah this is what we should do and even if he doesn't win like getting those ideas in the mainstream and like having conversations about those ideas and pushing for those things i think makes the whole field better i will say bernie um not everybody gets a million dollars for a book deal. Yeah, that, that is was th- that was a dumb misstep on his part. And I don't know why he said that. I don't know. I'm like, you know that that is not a typical book deal. Yeah, no, I I think like he, yeah, uh, that was a very big misstep and a, a really stupid thing Made to him say. Look super out of touch. Super out of touch. Because immediately, uh, I follow a lot of people on Twitter who have written best-selling mm-hmm. books who are like, excuse me, right. I did not get a million dollars for my book. No, it's just like... Almost no one does for a book deal. Yeah, I mean, it's like... Uh, yeah, he's, you know, that was really stupid. Like, because being a millionaire, look, it's defensible. He's like, because Bernie Sanders, to my knowledge, is not exploiting anybody for yeah. his money. Like, you just be like, yeah, I, I have this money. I haven't exploited anyone. Like, I you know, the, the whole point is... And also, like, I'm asking you to raise my taxes yeah, to yeah. pay... Like, That's to all fund he this. would like, need to say, where he's yeah. like, I'm in a fortunate position. I'm very, very privileged. Yeah. But I'm also trying to help yeah. less privileged yeah, people. Exactly. Why is that bad? Yeah, exactly. Like, like, if you do have privilege, that is what you should be doing with yeah. your time and your energy. Also, yeah, his recent comments on the border are really fucking stupid. And somebody needs... Like, he needs to be held to task for yeah, that. Yeah. Like, it's really bad. And, yeah. like, a really bad take. And he just, like... So he needs to be held accountable for that. For sure. Um, his other stuff, I mostly agree with. Yeah. 
Uh, guys, please follow Eric on Twitter at Eric underscore Smith. Eric, of course, spelled E-R-E-K. Of course. I hope you don't even spell it the other way anymore wow. in your head. Please follow me at Allison Kilkenny. Follow us on Twitter at Light Trees and Pod. Facebook, give us a like over there. Instagram, I'm finding out more and more of you are over there. What? Uh, leave comments on our posts. Follow us. Um, the more you engage with our posts, the more you'll see them. That's just how algorithms work, mm. right? I refuse to get on TikTok. Uh, I did TikTok once and it was fun, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, guys, please donate to the show if you're in a position to do so. That's the only way we're able to bring you weekly recaps. If you had any thoughts about today's episode, hashtag Light Trees and Pod on Instagram or Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble.